welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. Only three so-called experts tonight. Corn, sugar, and caffeine. Priors here. I've been with body in two different places. I'm still playing for both teams. Mr. Sarcasm, Rick Hyatt's here. And Tom Bailey's here. So let's get down to some serious predictions for the weekend's And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. Plinky Plonky, wee! It's the Cockney Wednesday night special here on Free Valley's radio. And AD Hopper ain't here, but Tom Bailey is. How you doing, Tom? I'm still taken aback by whatever the hell that was. Good evening, everybody. Well, as I just said, AD Hopper isn't here, so we're going to need to, you know, have the usual start that we normally have here on Football Bloody Hell. Only a threesome tonight, if you will, listener. And it's a man that I can only assume voted for Brexit because he doesn't like Europe. It's Rick Hyatt. How are you doing, Rick? Nobody told me that it was a pearly suit special. Hopper turns his back for one minute and, and the children have got the train set clearly this evening. So anything could happen. And no, I've, I've, yes, I'm not keen on Europe. It smells. <laughs> I'm sure that's fine. We'll allow that. Okay. The listeners will allow That's my grown-up opinion. Well, we're not going to go to Europe yet anyway. We're going to go to... Some well, of us it have is in no Europe. choice, David. Some <laughs> of us have had Europe. it taken away from us. Exactly. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But let's focus purely on Somerset and, of course, Yeovil Town. It's a preview pod, so we will talk about Hampton and Richmond on Saturday that I'm sure everybody has seen already now. And if you haven't, the news broke earlier today that uh, club captain Josh Staunton has left the club by mutual consent. Tom Bailey, I'm going to come to you first. We know he's had issues recently with his uh, fitness and he's had problems with that knee in particular. And it's caused all sorts of problems in terms of actually getting minutes out on the pitch. Um, But just in terms of his overall presence and contribution that he's given to Yeovil Town down the years um it's, it's a big miss for for Yeovil Town isn't it yeah definitely um I, I I'm sure this has been touched on on the podcast before but I've only sort of really been following Yeovil these past couple of years so really he's the only captain I've ever known um I know Luke Wilkinson left last season but I still consider Josh Staunton the captain, even just for last season alone. Again, for my first proper season of following the club, what an absolute car crash to join into. And he was exemplary throughout. And I, he will forever be my captain of Yeovil Town. It's as simple as that. He's been brilliant on the pitch, off the pitch, under extreme circumstances and played through injury, jeopardising his career to try and keep us up last season. So... I don't think there's much else that people can say other than just, well, just thank you. And I'm sure he'd be welcome back down to Yeovil whenever he wanted. Yeah, Rick, I mean, you only need to look at what happened this summer with obviously the turnaround of um, the the ugly situation um, being moved on. Hellier then coming in. You saw the work all through the closed season about him getting stuck in with painting and all this sorts of stuff. And he didn't help with the dugouts and all of those sorts of things as well off the pitch to make Yeovil, you know, almost build it up again from the ground up. And he very much was the epitome of that. Yeah, nobody worked worked harder last season and nobody seemed like uh, worked harder uh, during the preseason. I mean, the man, he put a shift in. Last season, as Tom said, you know, exemplary, really. Playing through pain, playing for the team. You can't fault what Josh has done in his time at the club. And he has a very impressive managerial record as well that nobody seems to have uh, seemed to have mentioned. But then again, it's typical of, of Josh, isn't it? That the club needed somebody to uh, take over at that point. And rather than take a step back, he put his hand up and, and got stuck in, which is very much, very much his character, I think. Yeah, we've been very lucky at Three Valleys Radio that he's been on the, on the podcast since we've been doing them um, 
probably for the last couple of years. In fact, he's been a regular guest on football for bloody hell. Yeah, a lot of his sofa. Or his bed. I think it was his bed it was normally sat on when doing the pod. In my mind, it was his sofa, David. Okay, sofa. Definitely sofa. I need to be more Eddie Hopper and look at everybody's backgrounds, Rick Hyatt. (laughs) Little nod to Monday. Good evening, Mr. Hopper. (laughs) Evening, Mr. Hopper. In terms of when he first came here, Tom, as you've referenced that only really following Yeovil as closely as we had over the last 18 months or so, but he mentioned and his own admission that he, when he came on the pod that, you know, he came here under Darren Sull to get a promotion from the National League. That's why he decided to, to move down here. That was the goal. It Then everything kind of went the other way, particularly last season. He was the guy then that was having to front everything up. And then this summer, despite going down to the National League style, he decided to he decided to stay and stick around. There was opportunities for him to have gone then possibly, but he decided to to stick around. And that just kind of goes to show, you know, from the fans' perspective, that he very much has got, you know, Yeovil in, in his blood. Yeah, yeah. And I know he's settled down here as well, at least from what I see in the media circles. I don't know if it's well publicised or not, but I mean, he's got a house down here. You know, he's, his partner is from Yeovil. He even um, having a little one down here as well. It, he's He's set up here. He's happy. It's a shame that it's had to come to this. Again, the reasons we don't know, but it's it's a shame. And it's brilliant to see that a club that's as close to us has someone that cares so deeply and as much as we do and really understands it and, and wants to do what's right for the club and for the community. And it's it'll be tricky to replace a void like that. But, I mean, Matt Worthington, who's I imagine is now going to be promoted to the captain role on a permanent basis i'm sure he'll do a great job and he's shown that he's he's capable of doing it so far so long may that continue but yeah it's going to be a a big miss for sure you mentioned about him having a little one tom it wasn't too dissimilar to the timing where i had my child or abby gave birth to our child i should say and um just going to show the like the epitome of the man as well he was always checking in and making sure when you know things are okay with harry when he was born because he was born two months early and it was just just stuff like that rick which just makes such a difference when you know that it's the you know the club captain of your club and he's touching in on the on the things that you know really matter yeah long and short of it is he's, he's just a good bloke isn't he with a lovely lawn as anyone who follows him on instagram will know he does have a very impressive impressive lawn and he's very keen on it josh launton oh. moving on <laughs> Move on with another touching tribute, Rick. Keep going. <laughs> no, because you're going to ruin it with, with Dave Hilda Pryor puntastic fun and games. And we don't need that. <laughs> I could suggest... no. Sorry, go on. Oh, go on. Make a suggestion. That's what no, we're no, here No, I was for. going to move it on completely. I think you're going to talk about Josh again. Yeah, no, I was, just, I was just going to say the fact that it's been, I think it's probably been four years. I think he was here when we were first in the National League under Darren Saul. Yeah, I think so. so. You know, for four years, particularly at that level, Tom, you know, it's a long time at one club because, you know, you could quite easily players move on after even a year, 18 months. So it, it's quite it's quite a long time that he's been been with us, really. Particularly with uh, with um, the way that our team has, has gone in the past couple of years as well. It is um, seriously impressive. I mean, he's our longest serving player, except for Matt Worthington of the current squad so yeah it's it's a seriously impressive feat for someone to stay as long as they have at the level that we have and not be not be scared off or or whatever yeah it's it's um a serious sign of commitment just a thought dave seeing that uh your regular listeners to the pod will uh if you've listened to the pod for a while you know that part of the dave Pryor setup is his cutout jürgen klopp who, who I, I believe has, has met a bit of an untimely end. He's had his legs cut off or something. Do you think, if, you, if you're going to do it, rather than go Jürgen again, you could go Staunton? Have a cut-out Staunton in the background? I could, though I feel like if you had a cut-out Staunton, it would need to be suitable for all weathers. So it could be in your garden, on your lawn. I it, think it would have to be an outdoor version. If you only can get if your lawn was proper grass, though. If you had a 5G lawn, you'd have to leave him in, in the kitchen. And this is why you should follow his new Instagram account. Exactly. (laughs) 
there's uh he said by by himself that um you know he's very much got an interest in lawns and i think the players tom absolutely regularly took the mick out of him but hey sometimes when you're the life and soul of of a particular club stuff like that just just happens doesn't it and it's just a prerequisite of being you know fully involved with all sorts of different things yeah he could have even applied to become heads groundsman if that vacancy ever come up you never know he he was he was mr yeovil for a period of time so i'm sure again if anything ever came up i mean i certainly would welcome him back and he's as Rick has touched on, got a great managerial record, one win in one game. And <laughs> yep. uh, he's also the youngest manager in National League history to record a win. So maybe he's got a brilliant managerial career ahead of him. Maybe he'll get us some invites to his Champions League final when he gets there with someone. Yeah, so just to kind of reiterate the points that we've already made. And Josh, if you're listening, good luck, mate. And thank you very, so very much for your, for your service. We at Three Valleys Radio are particularly grateful. And we'll catch up with you again very soon. But Yeovil Town are on the march. The season continues. And Rick, it's myself and yourself in the chairs at Hewish Park on Saturday afternoon. Hampton and Richmond, third place against first. Could be a tasty one uh, on the 16th of December. You looking forward to it? Very much so. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to sitting next to you for 90 minutes. I think that'll be an absolute treat. And uh, hopefully by the end of the fixture, I'll manage to get the name. For some reason, I keep saying it's, it's Richmond and Hampton. I don't know why. It's just one of those, I can't, I'm word blind where it comes to it. But yeah, it's going to be, should be a cracking game, shouldn't it really? Yeah, definitely. Tom, you referenced that um, I think they are unbeaten since since we played them last time around. Am I right in thinking that was the gu- the game where Jordan Stevens got a particular good finish that day? Yep, yep. And Reese Murphy with a lovely finish for the second one. Yeah, and they played well that day as well. Were you um, there for that one? Yep, it was myself and Gav Cheatham. Since then, they've hammered Worthing, they've hammered Torquay, they gave, well, they beat Dartford in a thriller, and they've hammered Maidstone as well. So anyone that's up that end of the table... They've been bloody good, so I'm worried about this one. No need Rick, to worry, little one. A few times, though, but exactly that. Um, kind of leading into my next question: that regardless of where Hampton and Richmond are, and the fact that they're on a good run of form at the moment, Yeovil Town will probably back themselves against anyone, particularly at Hewish Park. You'd think so, wouldn't you? At home, the the record is is impressive. It's only because there's been a few bumps. In recent results. And it's important to remember that's all it is, isn't it, yeah, really? Of is. It's, it's long, just bumps. It's biggest cliche in the world, isn't it? It's a long old season. It's a marathon, not a sprint, just in case you didn't know. But it is. And nobody needs to get overexcited about a, a few results not going the way you want them to because it's, it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. Anyone expecting goals, goals, goals on Saturday? Tom, we'll start with you. Goals, goals, goals. No. I'm going to say it's a one-all. But... I do think it's going to be an entertaining game. I think both keepers will be very busy. Mason Bloomfield is in particular one that I want to keep an eye on because since uh, we played them, he has been in a scintillating form. And Rory Donaldson as well is another one. So they're the, they're my two to keep an eye on. And of course, there's the two ex-clubbers. I mean, Ben Seymour and um, Jake Gray. I hope I got yes. that right. So yeah, they're, they're, again, they've got a pretty good squad. So, But they're the, the names that I would keep an eye on. Should be a cracking game, though. What about, it, really? What about I mean, you then, Rick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a barnstormer, and definitely one worth listening and tuning in to Three Valleys Radio at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And if you were to be pushed for a score, oh, it's tricky. It had it been at the start of this iffy spell that we've all acknowledged doesn't mean anything. I'd be a bit more confident. But if Yeovil go 4-3-3 or at least play four at the back then there's absolutely no reason why um can't come out of this with a positive a positive result maybe a one nil or a two one the odd goal in it and my thoughts exactly to be honest mate i've gone thinking a two one i think um hampton richmond they like you say they're they're doing all right at the moment and they've got goals in their team as well so hopefully we'll just be on the right side of a of a narrow but important victory whilst we're right in the thick of that Christmas period now where we've got the games, particularly with 
Thornton coming up on the horizon, and you can listen to it all here on Three Valleys Radio. Quite an array of commentary teams over the next couple of weeks. What we don't want is you don't want this buffer that Yeovil have got at the top of the table. You don't want that to start getting eroded and then then it does become a little mm. bit squeaky. So just keep that keep that distance between Yeovil and the rest. It'll be fine. Yeah, we've got a fine array of commentators coming up over the uh, over the festive period. Yeah, it's that time of the season, Tom, where everybody gets a game. Everybody's back for the holidays. So the listener will have a good opportunity to uh, listen to all the delights that three valleys radio have to offer yeah chief executive officer dave Pryor has uh, shuffled the pack he's he's channeled his inner pep and uh, everyone's coming out of the box now i know we've got george marshall james coming for the home leg for, we're all uh, going to be inverted Thornton. commentators are we <laughs> 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 but just a, just and, a, uh, just for the listeners just don't don't panic if you do tune into commentary from uh, from Three Valleys on a Yeovil game, and you don't hear Tom Bailey, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've tuned into the wrong station. <laughs> the rest of us are getting a go. I, I've been a busy boy. You have been it's, very uh, busy. You've done a good boy. job, mate. It'll be lovely to, to watch the game on Saturday, be alongside my family. I think, actually, touching on a, a point of the actual game itself, um, we won't have Sonny Cox either. So I think it could be interesting attacking wise we could probably well Hyde Murphy and Nuble will play I don't think we really have any other options now that um Cox I hear has been recalled by Exeter so um we'll be missing him as well it's funny you say that Tom because you mentioned about like Yeovil potentially down to three strikers yet last season that would have been seen as a luxury I mean especially with the quality we've got if we were to have the the quote-unquote strikers we had of well, Jordan Young was playing striker, who wasn't playing very well at that point. We had Alex Fisher, who was struggling up front. And, what, Ewan Clark, who didn't even get a game against us for Bath on midweek. And I can't even remember who. We had so many players. It was it was ridiculous. Like Andrew, Andrew Oliver-Bory playing as a winger. I was literally striker. just thinking, Rick, I can't even remember who was even playing up front for us last season. Rumour has it it that that's why uh, Adrian Hopper stopped coming to games because he was worried if he got there too early that he'd be playing. (laughs) Which is is a scary thought. Things have moved on. I like to think for the better. Well, talking of moving on, Tom, do you just want to dip your toe into last night? Should we do that? Should we do that next? I think that's a brilliant idea. I I didn't watch it, but... Oh, he's gone straight in. You didn't watch it. There's only one no, game I'm assuming you're thinking of. I didn't watch it, but I'm going to give you a kick in now. Here he goes. I mean, 1-0's better than it could have been. There's probably positives in there. Hoyland played the full 90, which you don't see often. Uh, Cobby Maynou came on. And Harry Maguire got injured. So I don't think there's any negatives to take from this. Rick Hyatt, over to you. Are we talking about Copenhagen? <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to talk about the other game. It happened. The the silly thing about it is, had United started their European campaign playing that way, they wouldn't be in the mess they're in now. It's only because they went Dave Pryor, goals, 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 all over the flipping shop, that, that they got themselves into a situation where they didn't qualify from a group that they should have qualified for, conceding silly goals ridiculous put yourselves in an impossible position to uh to qualify from that group so that one shot on target during the whole game in a game you've got to win amazing and, and barry barry Maguire has been playing very well just lately so you can take that back for a start when it comes to a situation now where you're concerned that barry's got injured and he's not going to be there on sunday no but i'm going to get a game on sunday there's no one left Fernandez is suspended. Barry and, and Luke Shaw are injured. Everyone else is injured. Jimmy Greenoff's going to get the call up. He's going to be playing, I reckon. Or Brian Robson or someone like that. I was thinking about this early, earlier, Rick, but because obviously it's, it's going to be no Europa League either. But with where... Obviously, we've spoken United a lot about over the last couple of weeks and the form they find themselves in. From, from your perspective, obviously, you want to try and be in every competition as you can and go as far as you can, but... Is there also a little bit, if you're not going to get through to the last 16 of the Champions League, it's a 
blessing in disguise to just not have the fixtures now and hopefully use that to be able to kick on in the league. I don't know. Is that kind of how you're seeing it? No, I'm I'm torn, to be honest with you. I mean, I can see the benefits from not being in it from that point of view, but also there are benefits to playing BTEC Europe on a on a Thursday rather than, than not doing anything and it is another way to uh, qualify for the Champions League which is looking increasingly unlikely looking at the, the league form at the moment so yeah, it's pros and cons but it is what it is I think as well considering Bayern put out well this was a dead rubber for Bayern and they went probably as strong as they could I'm just looking at the lineup at least yeah. and it, they it's a seriously impressive they brought Thomas Muller off the bench they brought Conrad Lima off the bench Rafael Guerrero off the bench that serious depth and that's shows just how full strength they went so I mean one nil at home isn't tragic well you're not United brought Hannibal off the bench so touche <laughs> I think the worst thing for United was probably Bayern losing 5-1 at the weekend because that yeah kind of probably put Tuchel in a position to go well you're gonna have to go out there and play again then because I need something from you and going there to Manchester United all right okay people in Germany will still see it it's probably going to old Manchester United and getting you know getting the results so it will just sort of build everything back up again and that's might have made a bit of an impact on what happened yesterday Rick wasn't it wasn't it nice to see a load of Germans singing your shit and you know you are in a second language at European fixture that that warmed me. I mean, the thing that everybody else can take from this uh, this result and uh, this European campaign is it does seem to have made a lot of people in this country very happy. I'm not one of those people, but there are a lot of people that are very happy now. Spreading the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Move we on. Touch That's on. enough. Well, we will. We've got uh, a few more minutes to the end of it until we get to the end of the first half of the pod. So Tom has just touched on Arsenal. They were already through. 1-1 draw against uh, PSV. Probably not too much to sort of talk about other than, I guess, that Nketiah getting his first Champions League goal. Probably doing some good. Yeah, yeah. Well, any goal will do a striker of that age some confidence um, and the world of good. Um, he doesn't have a great reputation for goal scoring, so I think any goal he can take will be appreciated. And, I mean, PSV particularly in their domestic uh, campaign at the moment, are indomitable, quite literally. So they are always going to be a stern test. In the Eredivisie, out of their 15 games played, they have won 15 and conceded six. So that is seriously impressive for any team of any level. So to get a draw, especially playing the kit, well, I say the kids, Reese Nelson, Eddie Nketiah, I mean, Mohamed Elneny played. I forgot he even existed. So... He's fully rotated the pack. Cedric Suarez coming in as well. So I think a decent point. Good to just get some squad rotation in. And uh, I'm sure they'd be looking ahead to Saturday. Do you know what the biggest shock about this uh, or the Champions League games that were played on Wednesday was? Why are you smiling at me, Pryor? Because I think you've literally just taken the question that I was going to say. Would it have anything to do with the boys from Seville at all? No, no, it wasn't that at all. No, you can keep that one. Keep your powder dry on that one. And it was the fact that Jude Bellingham Played a football match and didn't score a goal, although he did have an assist. That's quite remarkable. And the fact that Hosselu scored twice as well. Madness. Stoke City legend. <laughs> yeah, a remarkable night of European football. But yes, Sevilla, the European powerhouses in the Europa League that always like to finish third when they get into the Champions League. A late, 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 late defeat in Lons, Rick Hyatt. No Europe at all. Other people... Have a chance in the Europa League. Yeah, typical, Big isn't story. it? The one year that you want to be in the Europa and you can't, the Sevilla aren't going to win it. So somebody else has got a chance. Typical. I think pretty much everything else was as tied up as it could have been. There's games tonight, of course. By the time that you listen to it, it would have already happened. But Tom, just very quickly, it does seem as though that there might potentially be a change for Newcastle and Carrius will be getting his one game out a year though it is strange how you know last year his game was the cup final this year it's a crunch game against ac milan if you're gonna have one game a year why not make it a big one yeah yeah why not i mean he's been paid however much he is to be a third choice keeper and train with some of the best players in the world who wouldn't want that and look good doing it so if you get one game a year 
Why not? It's, and he gets you to spend time with Jason Tindall, don't forget. And he gets to spend time with Jason Tindall. That's the so. gift that money can't buy. <laughs> Very quickly then, boys. Uh, are they going to do it? Or Well, actually, give me Champions League or Europa League or out. Which of the three? Tom Bailey, I'll start with you. With Newcastle. Ooh. Ooh. Champions League. Rick? Out. I'll go Europa League. We'll wait to see what happens. Oh, one of us will listen... be right, won't we? <laughs> as you listen to the pod. And uh, Manchester City, as we record this, are currently a goal up and nobody cares. So that wraps up our European section. Welcome back to the second half of Football Bloody Hell, where it's that time of the week. Where it's prediction time, gentlemen. Is that your theme for prediction time? That is prediction time. Excellent. Insert your own music here, listener, because it's time to see how wrong everybody will be for another week of Barclays. Kicking off, as I'm reliably informed, on Friday night. So make sure, fantasy football players, that you get your team done on Friday at the earliest, Friday afternoon, because... At 8 o'clock, it's Nottingham Forest against Spurs. We'll start with Tom Bailey. Steve Cooper, as we talk, still in the job. But will he still have the job at around about half past 10 on Friday evening? How do you see this one going, sir? Uh, I certainly see him keeping his job. From what I heard, there are no plans to sack Steve Cooper. Of course, this is the Premier League, so... That could be complete rubbish by the time the game's finished. But you've gone all sci-fi there. Have you got your own sources up at Nottingham, Tom Bailey? The sources from what you are hear. Are internet. you in a play in the Nottingham area? <laughs> um, the internet has, has reliably informed me that uh, there appears to be no plans to get rid of him yet. However, I do see it being a difficult evening for them. Very much uh, they'll be up for it, but it won't quite turn out that way. I see a 2-1 Spurs win, two teams that haven't been in great form. Um, but I just think Spurs will have too much quality in their team to fall foul of this one. Rick, I think this one might be a difficult one to predict because every so often we know that Nottingham Forest are in free fall at the moment. But then whenever you start to get pretty confident in what they're going to do, Bam! A 2-0 win over Villa. Bam! Something happens that just puts the cats amongst the pigeons. Do you see any chance for them here at all? I see no cats amongst the pigeons. I think it it, it all really depends on how Son plays. Because he's pulling the strings. It's Tottingham Hotspurs at the moment. And uh, they very much are reflecting the way he's playing. Richarlison's even started scoring as well. So I, I, I think Nottingham Forest nil. Tottingham Hotspur 2. Okay, so I think, purely because I've got Pedro Porro in my fantasy team, that Nottingham Forest will get one, just to annoy me, just to kickstart the weekend. Because despite, despite being top of the table at the moment, I'm reliably informed from Tom Bailey on our last pod that I did the worst out of any other player on <laughs> uh, this weekend. So I'm hoping that uh, a clean sheet will be in the offering. But I'm going to go 1-3. I think Spurs are still quite free-scoring, aren't they? But they've still got that high line. And, you know, they'll probably be 3-0 up until about the 97th minute or something. And then they'll let one in right at the end, just to please me. Um, quite normally what happens in things like this is players come back to, to haunt the teams, don't they? So I wouldn't be surprised at all, Rick, to see someone like Brennan Johnson getting on the score sheet here. Will he celebrate if he does get on the score sheet? That's the question. I think we forgot to mention it, but it might be interesting if he do, does... Um, is it Colwell of Chelsea? Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. the young lad who was at Brighton last season who started celebrating and then when he scored the other oh! week against Brighton and then remembered that he played for him last yeah. season. This all looks very stopped. familiar. I recognise <laughs> you. Oh, better not celebrate against you. I think that's the kind of celebration that I want to see. So... Uh, Okay, I think we've all gone, all gone for a Spurs win, which will, I think, temporarily put them in the top four until Saturday afternoon because there's no 12.30 kickoffs. Jürgen will be delighted, but he might not be delighted that nobody else is filling that position this weekend. Uh, so it's Bournemouth-Luton. Rick, I'm going to come right back round to you first. 
Yes. Is there an opportunity here for the away side to get something or a Bournemouth just playing no. too well at the moment? As we saw the way Bournemouth performed last Saturday, anything short of a 5-0 win for AFC Bournemouth and I'll be very, very disappointed. <laughs> They're currently team in form at the moment. Mind you, these are two teams that really have turned it around on a serious note this, this season. They, right in the first... September, October sort of time, you're expecting them to get the pants pulled down. And now they're both looking like competitive Premier League teams. But having said that, I still think home advantage and the fact that Bournemouth made me cry last Saturday means that they're going to, to get a win, I think. I'm not, I'm not going as, as crazy goals as you, Dave Pryor. I think it'd be 1-0 to the seaside gentleman. How do you see it, Tom? Another opportunity for you to uh, enhance Iriola's career at Bournemouth? Well, the one time that I predict them to win, which is this weekend, they will inevitably not win. However, I do think they'll win. I think 2-0, Luton away from home, other than the Everton game, appear to have struggled. And Bournemouth have been nothing short of... Spectacular! Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be a 2-0. I had them done as a 2-1, but I think Bournemouth will just have too much. And Yeah, going to be a tricky afternoon for Luton, I think. Have you finally got to the stage, Tom Bailey, where you've, you've stopped pushing P45 through Areola's letterbox? Oh, yeah. Well, that stopped after the Palace game. And uh, if anything, I want to go and shake his hand after the United one. So I wanted to shake um... something else after the United one, I must confess. <laughs> it wasn't his hand. Dave Hilda Pryor, is this going to be full of goals, goals, goals? Well, I was just thinking, I know, I know we're, well, what are we as we speak today, the 13th of December, but looking at the table, you're just starting to wonder that, that there's a gap appearing and the teams like Luton at the moment, they really need to start getting that next win on the board before the bottom three as it stands starts to get cut adrift a little bit. The only hope, I guess, at the moment is you look at Forest form and possibly crystal palaces but everybody else just seems to be pushing up the league at the moment and you could quite easily get get left behind so already it's it's quite a big game but having said that i'm gonna say 2-1 to the seasiders i think luton will be in it but uh bournemouth's momentum will probably give them enough to win the game the next the next one's quite funny because i asked tom bailey last week if sheffield united had any chance following their win uh against Brentford and he said pretty much just before I even finished the question he said no and I was listening to a podcast today where they pretty much said the same and then they went oh actually Sheffield United go to Chelsea next this is very interesting indeed so Tom Bailey I'm going to ask you again do they have a chance of staying up no however this weekend yes I could end up with egg on my face but I have said Chelsea nil, Sheffield United one. I initially went for a one-one, but I just feel like it could be one of them days again. Mudrick having an okay game, at least according to stats. Every time I've checked, he's done all and right. Rick, oh so, no, no, yeah, according to Rick, he's been brilliant. <laughs> I don't know. I just have this feeling that it could get pretty toxic pretty quickly which it shouldn't because Chelsea needs to take a long hard look at themselves and have a reset and not sign anyone else stop buying players and get used to the ones you've got already Sheffield yeah, United Poch. yeah yeah, yeah. that's Pooch, that's, that's unbelievable <laughs> i saw a, an article actually uh, of three positions they could strengthen in if they were to go out and spend a load of money in january again one of them was goalkeeper well, they've just bought three goalkeepers in the past 12 months. Was left back. You've bought two of them in the past two years. One of them for 50 million, one of them for 40 million. And I can't remember the other one, centre-back, I think. You don't need centre-backs anyway. You've got about 50 of them. I uh, I don't know. Oh, striker was it? Not, not centre-back, striker. To be fair, they need a striker because Nicholas Jackson is not it. But we've also not seen Christopher and Kunki, so... I don't know. Maybe they need a striker. Maybe they don't. I think they just need to sit, be miserable for a while like Arsenal did. And eventually they'll come back to being the Chelsea we have unfortunately come to know. But I think it's going to be a Sheffield United win. Rick Hyatt, what, how do you see this one? Because I'm trying to work out myself what the obvious result is. Because even if, say, if Chelsea were to win 5-0, 
that still wouldn't really tell us about either there side, would it? It's there such isn't an odd a result one. that would surprise you. No. It could be a, a Sheffield United 3 or 4 nil win. And that, given the way Chelsea are at the moment, that probably wouldn't surprise you. So all bets are off. Everything's on the table. I have absolutely no idea. And I'm, all, <laughs> all I'm going to do is I'm going to go by the result that I think would be the funniest. And that would be uh, a 2-0 Sheffield United victory. That would make Ooh. me laugh heartily. And I, I quite like having a laugh. So I'm going to need one this weekend. So it's going to come here. So I think I'm going to say a very, very narrow 1-0 Chelsea win. And it's going to be horrible. And I'm just looking at what else is going to be played. But it wouldn't surprise me if this was a last on match of the day type. It will be one where Nicholas Jackson scores four goals. But they'll all be five yards And doesn't offside. know he's done it. Like that, yeah, it'll be horrendous. Do you remember Higuain ages ago in the World Cup final against Germany almost ran around the stadium because he thought he'd scored the winning goal and then like the referee had blew the whistle about 15 minutes before he stopped running. It'll be a little bit like that, but hey, who knows? As I say, Chelsea are that enigma at the moment in the Premier League, but I'm going to go for a narrow win in that one. Whereas next on the billing, everybody's favourite, Manchester City interesting one purely because it's the last game that they play in the premier league until the end of december tom i think because of the fifa world club cup which won't surprise anybody which is in saudi arabia uh so tom crystal palace they're in terrible form in terms of the results themselves roy's very much pointed out that actually if you actually take the games in isolation there's been some really good performances in there last week being one of them but Palace have had a they've had the um they've had the better of Manchester City in a lot of games recently they're one of the teams that Pep's side just don't tend to like playing against would would anything like that happen again this weekend do you think do you have a feeling I, I wish I really wish I don't like Palace but I wish but no I I just I'm trying to build it up for the listener, Tom. <laughs> it would it would be nice. It would be nice. But City, Manchester City are the type of team that make me not like football, which is horrible. I don't like them. It's very artificial. It's very... In fact, at lunch today, we were looking at the Champions League final and I felt nothing from last season. I felt nothing. It was miserable. However, they are a juggernaut and they will handle Crystal Palace with ease. I do think they'll score, but I think that's as far as it will go. This isn't a Palace side that's in the ascendancy at the moment, and City are back on track following their Luton victory. So I've got it down as a 3-1 City. Do you begrudgingly agree, Rick Hyatt? I'm concerned for the welfare of Uncle Roy at the end of this, after he was royally sawn off at the knees. Royally? He's at it again. Stop it. He was last Saturday and I, I was very concerned for his welfare and I don't think it's going to get any better this week. I just Abu Dhabi will do Abu Dhabi things. Abu Dhabi do. Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> indeed. And it'll be 2-0 to City and nobody will care. See, I, I I agree. I think probably about a two now. They they seem to have been like that this season. The games you expect them to spank teams, they just sort of they get two, and that's enough because they'll have like a Kanji playing like in midfield, and they've got like three midfielders on the bench, and that just seems to be how they roll at the moment. Poor old our friend Kevin Phillips not getting a look in, but hey, he's probably not going to play again at the weekend either, is he? But uh, probably a routine win in that one another interesting one coming up it's a game of well fulham i'm just thinking about fulham's form they've still got they've had two five nil wins in a row but they have been at home rick i'll come to you first because if they managed to get another five you would be very very happy and i'm sure that you'd uh probably be giving marco silver a christmas card will you amongst other things yes i, th I think five goals from fulham would definitely hit the mark this this weekend 
especially after, you know, compounding the Geordies' misery after they go out of Europe. I was just going to ask, will it depend a lot on what happens tonight as we record? Well, I th- I, you know, I, I think that the poor old Newcastle will probably just have about the seven fit players. And Kieran Trippier will have his leg in plaster, but still turn up to play because that's the sort of stalwart gentleman that they are. And the nation loves them. And Fulham are going to do them 2-0 because Fulham can't stop scoring at the moment. How do you see it, it Tom Bailey? <laughs> it's definitely going to be goals, goals, goals. I mean, Fulham... You see his little face light up when you said that. <laughs> it's like an activation noise for an Alexa or something. Um, oh, no, mine's listening. I mean, yeah, Fulham, five goals in consecutive games, scored three against Liverpool, three against Fulham, uh, three against Wolves, I should say. They're on fire at the moment, and Newcastle lost their last two quite heavily. I am teetering between a Fulham win and a Newcastle, well, and a draw. I'm going to go for a 2 It'll be one of those three things. <laughs> I'm going to... Either, either one of the two teams will win or a draw will happen. We can say that. Exclusive. Um, yeah, here on Three Valleys Radio, team may win or draw or lose. I have said a 2-2, gone for a Desmond. Ooh. I think if anyone were to win, I think it would be a 3-2 Fulham. So that's my secondary prediction. Not that that matters. 2-2. First Desmond of the show tonight, I think. What's going on? I'm sort of along the same lines, but I'm I'm going 1-1, I think. Um, Newcastle haven't seemed to have a load of goals in them at the moment. And with the... Poor old injury crisis that they've got going on up at St. James's Park. I do think that uh, Jimenez or Wilson, who both seem to be on fire at the moment for Fulham, could possibly breach that back line. So, yeah, Woby's on fire, isn't he? Possibly one for fantasy football. He's got quite a few assists, I think, that he seems to be racking up. So, little Dave Pryor tip there for you. I wouldn't, because if I put him in, he'll start being yeah, rubbish again. He'll fall off a cliff, <laughs> wouldn't it, if I put him in my yeah. team? So leave him alone. Leave him be. He has work to do. <laughs> oh, what a hell of a fixture we've got for everyone to look forward to at tea time, where it's Burnley Everton. Who do I go for? Shall Sean I go Dyche first Darby. on this one? Shall I go for this one? Sean Dyche going back to Burnley. I've no doubt he'll get quite the reception. But if you actually look at the form... It probably is going to only going to go one way, isn't it? And you wouldn't be surprised if Deitch goes there and says, Vinny, you might play your nice tippy tappy, but this is the proper bread and butter British football that you want to see and what everybody wants to see here at Burnley. And we're going to grind out a 1-0 win at Turf Moor. Rick, do you see something similar? I certainly see an Everton win. In fact, something occurred to me this week. You know, Everton been docked points. Everybody thought that it was to do with relegation. It's actually to stop them qualifying for the Champions League. That's the only reason <laughs> they've got a 10 point. They've had 10 points taken away. They're storming it up. It has really galvanised them and they're well worthy of the, the wins they've had. As long as nobody dances after they score a goal, because Sean's not a fan of that. It's got to be authentic. Authentic. I, I can't see past and. An Everton win. Dice ball against tippy-tappy football. There's only going to be one winner on Saturday and it's going to be the Toffees by three goals to nil. Ooh. I nearly gave Burnley a consolation, but I'm not going to. I mean, if that was to happen, Tom, it feels like it would be of even more significance because you've got the two styles and as Rick just referenced, it's Dice back at Burnley. It almost, it'd be the ultimate slap in the face to the owners at Burnley, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be a weird There's one. your story. I, I think it was a weird decision to sack him in the first place, to be honest. I think even if he went down, he was the right man to bring him back. So it would be a real slap in the face. And from their EFL Cup fixture about a month ago, Everton were very handy in that one. 3-0 win. So they're going to come to tough more, and I think it's going to be even better. I do think that Burnley will get a consolation. However, I've gone for an extra goal for Everton. I've said 4-1 to Everton. I think they're on fire, and I hate it, but they are on fire. I mean, three goals against Palace, and then three clean sheets after their freak loss to mid-table Manchester United. They've beat Newcastle and Chelsea as well. I think they're really good at the moment, and I don't like it at all. Do you think after... After the inevitable Everton win, 
that they're all going to have fish and chips and go for a pint in Daishi's pub. Have you got a pub named after you in Burnley Vincent Company? No, you haven't. I wonder this if Adi will ask Paul Warren about that pub. He loves to ask our guests about fish and chips, doesn't he? He does. He's missing out tonight, big time. Yeah. Rupert, we could have used our Burnley correspondent, actually. I wonder no. what he thinks. He's around Joey Barton's house having a cup of tea. Really lots are. in common, lots in common. Um, Sunday afternoon is kicking off. I think it's possibly the early kickoff on Sky. It's Arsenal and Rick's second team. Rick, I'll start with you. How do you see this one unfolding? Two good footballing teams on show here. I'd love to back the hipsters, but I unfortunately can't see past the Lego man doing his little jig on the sideline. And it's going to be... Brighton have got so many players out at the moment, so it's very, very difficult for them. i just got a horrible... It's almost like they have an injury crisis. No, only Newcastle have got an injury crisis. How dare you suggest that anybody else has an injury crisis, David Pryor? You know, full well. They will sue Three Valleys Radio now. (laughs) God, Tyndall's on the phone as we speak. Nobody else is allowed an injury crisis. Only the nation's choice. I think it's going to be 3-1 to the arse. Tom Bailey? Uh, I've gone for a 2-1 Arsenal. Just They'll be tired, but I think they'll do enough. And it'll be one of those where this is what champions are made of kind of thing. So, yeah, 2-1. I don't really have too much to add other than Brighton appear to be on the way back. And Arsenal are still looking as good as ever. So, really good game. Unfortunately, it's also not the uh, the TV choice. For some reason, the TV decisions at the moment have a hard-on for West Ham. So this will be another 2 o'clock kickoff for them on a Sunday. So we'll get to see them on the telly once again. So I'm, there's always one game, isn't there, that has loads of goals. And maybe, maybe we'll come on to that a little bit later. But um, I will say mm, I think it's going to be a 4-1 Arsenal. I think Brighton have found themselves in a little bit of a sticky position and they've got a game on Thursday this week, haven't they? But they're already through, so maybe they'll have an opportunity to rotate. But I don't know if their squad's deep enough to rotate for the players that they've got available and that might prove too much for them on Sunday. Brentford Villa, Rick? Now everybody's talking of the title just at the moment for Villa. Presumably they're going to go to Brentford and get turned over. That would uh, that would be a par for the course, wouldn't it? Now that everybody's woken up to the great job that Unai Emery is doing, they're going to self-destruct and become Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa, potentially. But no, I think Villa, Villa should have. You know, It depends. Is, um, and Bueno's out for yonks, isn't he? Tony obviously can't play till the, the new year, so it's difficult to see where Brentford are going to get their goals. Goals, so goals unfortunate from. for them, isn't it? But I suppose Tony isn't too far away now, is he? Now that we're getting close to is January. Is the start of January? I'm not sure. I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> Thank you. I think that Aston Villas, the villains, will win this game by two goals to zero goals. Tom, same line of thinking? What have I said? Let's have a look. Yes, 2-0 to the Villa. Um, I just had a look. Ivan Tony's suspension. Uh, he cannot feature in a competitive game until the 17th of January 2024. Is so... he allowed back in the ground yet? Because there was a ban that stopped him from even going into the training ground or even well, he, being like in the club car park. Hasn't he there? played in training games now? He has now. He's played in that, training yeah. games, yeah. I don't know if that means he's allowed in the stadium or not, but... I, I imagine we wouldn't see him straight back anyway. He'd need match fitness. So what do you want him doing, Neil? Do you want him selling programmes or on the hot dog stall or something? Just if earn your money. Do it. Earn your money. Slacker. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see Josh Staunton doing just that on Saturday. It'll be great. We'll love it. <laughs> Loves the club. I think it's going to be tight. I think it... Part of me think I, I want to say 2-1, but everyone's been just saying about how good Villa's backline is at the moment. And I seem to be not keeping up with this because every time Villa have a have a tough game I always put Pau Torres on the bench and then he always has at least six points in fantasy football and I have to tell myself no he must play he must play so with that in mind I'm going to play him this weekend and they will probably concede a goal so I'm going to say 2-1 to Villa but well with it would be enough to close the gap at the top we will see because Let's jump it's... in very quickly. Sorry, yes, go sorry. on. Jump in very be quickly. A, it's going to be a great segue, and I've just interrupted it. But 
Brentford have lost four of their last five, and the only team they've beaten in that period is Luton. And that was at home. So I just want to put that into perspective. Brentford are really struggling at the moment. And now they don't have a Bummo and they still don't have Tony. I wouldn't actually be surprised if it was more than two. But I'm just for the sheer fact that it's not Villa Park and that it is indeed the Brentford Community Stadium, that it's only going to be 2-0 because it could be much worse. As opposed to the South Korean Community Stadium. <laughs> Little nod to a couple of weeks ago. Good evening, Adrian Hopper. He's probably nodded off anyway. He normally does in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> He'll never, he won't reach this far. Two games left. Where should we go One to One game next? left. Oh, I think we'll go to West Ham Wolves, Rick. West Ham Wolves. They've got to get back to winning ways at home, haven't they? But How Gary long? O'Neill's team, they're a plucky old team. How long do I need to talk about this one for? So that we well, the 10, minute, the 10 minute time has flagged up. So if you want to do this in eight minutes, you're more than welcome. <laughs> this is, of course, is the most attractive fixture of the day because it's Sky's choice for a two o'clock broadcast. West Ham really need a result, I think. And that doesn't mean you have to talk really slowly. I'm thinking <laughs> it's an unusual concept. It's taken me a while to get used to it. I I don't know what to say about this. It's the, it's it's the game with the most W's in it in the Premier League, isn't it? And oh, I think it's going to be a one all one all draw. Rick's gone one one. I I think I think this is where my Desmond lies for the weekend. Ooh. I think it's here. I think they're kind of very evenly matched, aren't they? Wolves started scoring goals. The They've got a settled front three now of Huang, Cunha and Sarabia. That seems to be working quite nicely. West Ham at home. You fancied Bowen to get a little bit of joy in particular. He's back now, isn't he? And if Kudus plays, I think there's enough attacking talent there for it to be an exciting one. Do you have any other additional thoughts to that, Tom Bailey? I don't think it's a must win for West Ham, to be honest. I agree with Rick, it's going to be a 1-1. But may also depend as well what happens on Thursday because they've still got to try and win their group, have they? Um, that is a good question. I will fill whilst I find this out. Um, Take your time. Don't feel that there's any need to hurry. (laughs) They've beat they've beaten Spurs um, away from home, which is no mean feat. They're uh, impressive. So, uh, so this is to top the group. They've qualified. This is to cut out their round of thirty-two fixtures. And they're at home to Freiburg, who are the team that uh, could finish top if they were to win. So you never know. This could be a big one for them on Thursday. I think that'd be a win as well, though. I think it's going to be a one-all. I think Wolves could be hard done by once again. But Wolves are certainly better than I always give them credit for. So one-all. Would you like to talk us through the Wolverhampton Wanderers squad, Tom Bailey? <laughs> no, I've got more important things to talk about. I've been waiting for this all evening. No, you well, with seven and a half minutes remaining, we'll have plenty of time. It's Liverpool, Manchester United. Can Nick. you believe it, listener? Last on the billing this weekend. Almost to the day, it'll be the 17th of December, when it was the 18th of December, when Jose Mourinho lost his job after a 3-1 defeat at Anfield. Um, Tom Bailey, are we going to see anything similar here? Are the football gods going to be repeating history? Ever since that day, um, it's gone a bit downhill, hasn't it? For who? Let's see. Oh, well, there's there's the 2-0 at home for Liverpool, that win. Uh, there was a 4-2 to Liverpool in the league. Yep. Uh, there was a 5-0 to Liverpool and a 4-0. Um, and there was a 7-0 as well. So it's not gone very well for them since that's happened. We'll gloss over the 2-1 at the start of last season. <laughs> 4-0. To be and fair, I that thought... one doesn't count because Jaden Sancho scored and it turns out that <laughs> Manchester United don't even care about him so you know it's fine <laughs> freak freak win <laughs> I've gone for a comfortable 4-0 win <laughs> honestly I um it's <laughs> and Tom's the one who's more reserved out of the two of us when it comes and to oh you know you know it might be a narrow Liverpool win here it could have been worse as well the fact that Bruno is not playing is a benefit to Manchester United because the head loss would be immaculate. Immaculate. They are missing 45 million different players. Uh, Maguire's missing. Lindelof's missing. Martinez is missing, which means he'll be forced to play. not an injury crisis, though. 
it's Only not an injury crisis, no. No. Well, that's silly. You can't say that. It's, it's so you can't use that as the excuse oh. on Monday, Rick, remember? Bum! 4-0. 4 Easy. Do you want to come in here, Rick? <laughs> no, keep going. Keep going. I, I'd love to hear what you think, Dave. Go on. <laughs> oh, Entertain I mean, me. It, it still wouldn't surprise me if there was a, a, th- a 3-1 or something, but... I can't objectively look at this and say, based on what we've seen at the moment, a nice win for Liverpool. I can't not look at it any other way. There has been games this season, to be fair, that have been quite tight. Uh, whether or not this will be one of them, I'm not so sure. I, I'm I'm going to go 3-1, but that's just me throwing you a little bit of a token gesture there, Rick, I think. What do you think, Rick Hyatt, the person who never, ever on this podcast predicts a Liverpool win at all? Can you do it based on your Manchester United team at the moment? This is the prediction. This is the prediction that the listeners want from you. You have the floor. You have four minutes. I can't do it. It's, it's good that this is a podcast and not a YouTube thing or anything, because I think that the two smiling faces that I have been confronted with for the last five minutes is enough to turn anybody's stomach and is completely unnecessary. I've never seen Tom Bailey so happy. Look at him. His jaw's going to hurt. Violence. I don't Sorry. know about the setting on your screen, but where you are on my setup, you're right in the middle of us oh. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Hell on earth. I, I do you know. <laughs> Go uh, on, say it. <laughs> I think that, you know, it, it's lovely of Tom to come out with all those statistics. But we all know that there's only one statistic that matters, and that is Liverpool 19, Manchester United 20. You sound like a Liverpool fan. Pardon? You sound like a Liverpool fan. No, it's just... It's It's all history. It's all history. But it's still a fact. It is still a fact, Tom. Uh, Indulge me. You can't be horrible to me all the way through this, you horrible man. This was my childhood. I think you in your childhood. You yeah. and the rest of the footballing world. Respect, but I hate him. I believe that In this miracles? game <laughs> this game <laughs> will be nil nil. Oh, that'd be horrendous as well, wouldn't it? And then they'll kick minutes. off and it'll all go terribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I do you know. It's difficult. This must be tremendous listening. I can only apologise, but this is the sound, the genuine sound of a man in pain. And I am, can only envisage a... Say it! Draw! (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a draw, and I'm not sure of the score. Uh, Okay. Well, if you think that this episode is a man in pain, tune on Monday night, guys. Uh, Tune in on Monday night. Because someone's going to be in pain. Because I think even if it is, a say, a bore draw, I think that puts us in the pain in that frame. I would thoroughly enjoy a nil-nil draw. I think that would bring me so much satisfaction. Either that or a Rasmus Hoyland hat-trick in front of the cop (laughs) would be beautiful. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that's unlikely as much as I would enjoy it. But, no, I, can, I, I do believe, because Liverpool have been a bit spawny, haven't they? Let's be honest, the last few weeks. They sat there on top of the table thanks to the, I won't say the referees because that's always a bit childish. But let's just say that, that, that fortune has favoured them. They've been on the right end of a lot of things that could go either way for the last few weeks. And this could be the, the time for the gods of football to right those wrongs and ball the pants off everybody with a nil-nil draw. And just to delight Sky Sports as well. Yeah. <laughs> with, with big build-up and an absolute anti-climax. Well, we've got less than a minute of our Zoom session now. So all that is there to say is we wait to see what happens and join us on Monday. Rick Hyatt, thank you very much. And hopefully you'll be able to come back and join us from the back of your sofa. Uh, more importantly, join us before that on Saturday. Oh, yes, of course. Make sure you join us. Three o'clock, Three Valleys Radio, myself and Rick, Yeovil, Hampton and Richmond. Be there. Possibly the moment of the weekend, Rick. Will be mine. Tom Bailey, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Pleasure as ever. And you have been listening to Football Bloody Hell. Wee!
sugar and caffeine. I've been with body in two different places. I'm still playing for both teams. Sometimes it feels I was born with two faces. I feel the smoke climbing down my cheeks. I hear the jokes and I see.